Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Matthew 25, verse 21. His Lord said to him, well done. Everyone say done. Good and faithful. Everyone say faithful. Faithful. Servant. You were, what is it? Faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Everyone say faithful. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. I'm going to hop around a little bit on our media team. So it says, Because the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For His compassions, watch, never fail. I preached this subject to my church a while ago. you got to understand, when, I, when you're coming from a church plant, and I think the reason why I feel so comfortable here is because there's just a lot of new folks here, and I like to preach to new people. I love all you seasoned saints, but I like to preach to you people that, that haven't heard this or kind of learning this. This is, this is my wheelhouse, okay? That's why I started a church, because I don't want to just only preach to church people all the time. I want to preach to people that, that's, there's something special about people that get it, you know? And, uh, and so, this is a concept that people don't understand. This is a verse that, that us people that grew up in church, we, we, we can take this for granted. For his compassions never fail. They are, watch, ready? New every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I've come to tell somebody today that his compassions are new every morning. So if you went to sleep last night and you did something you wish you wouldn't have done, congratulations, today is a new day. You've got a new chance. You've got a new start. Come on, his compassions don't fail. Every morning you wake up, you've got a chance. Every morning that you wake up, you've got a hope in Jesus. And it's renewed every morning. It's new every morning. Every morning is a new chance to do something great for God. And every morning is a new chance for God to do something great through you. The Hebrew word translated faithfulness means steadfastness, firmness, or fidelity. It's the opposite of the opposite of being faithful is to be ever-changing or wishy-washy. Anybody know anybody like that? That just kind of... Psalm 119, verse 89 and 90 says, Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues throughout all generations. John's one, John 1 and 9 says, If we confess our sins, we've got to be honest with God. You've got to be honest with God today. Let me tell you something. You can't hide from God. He sees it all. Amen. If we confess our sins, watch. He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God is faithful. 
So I'm not going to preach a fancy message today. If you've come to hear a fancy message, listen, there's, there, you, Pastor Chrisman preaches a masterpiece every time. You get a fancy message every time you hear him preach. But I, <laughs> that's true. But I'm going to preach simple to you today, okay, if that's all right. Here's what I feel like the Lord spoke to me. I, I'm, I'll be transparent. I was on the phone yesterday, my wife can tell you, for two hours. My, the preacher that was supposed to preach for me and at my church wasn't able to preach. I called 15 people to have them come preach to my church yesterday. I'm not exaggerating. Because I felt like the Lord wanted me to be here. I feel like this is, this is where we're at today. This is what my mission is. I'm going I'm to drop the secret on you before we even get started. God wants to take you to the next level. Not, hear me, not as a church necessarily, but for you as an individual. God wants to take you somewhere new. But the avenue to get where God wants to take you is faithfulness. And when you go where God needs you to go, that's when the church grows. And look at this church. I mean, I remember Brother Charlie. I can't say it about every time. I remember coming preaching here with six people. When, we, when this church first opened, I see the faithfulness of God. I see the faithfulness of these people. But I've come to preach to some of you that, that you feel like the Lord... Man, Holy Ghost in this room already. You feel like the Lord is drawing you to do something greater. And you're just not quite ready to make that step. Let me tell you how to make that step today. It's faithfulness. It's understanding that God is faithful. And it's being faithful to Him right back. So I'm going to preach a two-part message today. And uh, Brother Charlie said you guys get out at 1 o'clock usually. So I got an hour and a half to preach it. Why are y'all laughing? Why don't we lift our hands right now and just, I want you, I don't want you to ask God to preach, speak to your neighbor. I don't want you to ask him to speak to the church. I want you to close your eyes right now and I want you to say, God, I want you to speak to me. God, I want you to speak to me, Lord. I want you to deal with my heart. God, I want you to speak to my spirit. God, I know that you want to do a work in my life and God, you're calling me to something greater. There's some of you in this room that you were laying in bed last night thinking, I want God to do something in my life. I just have a strong desire. I don't know what to do. I've come to be that answer for you today is my goal. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Do a work today, Lord, that only you can do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell him, faithful. You can be seated. One of my favorite verses is... Lamentations, where we talk about, where the writer talks about, we got to understand that God's faithfulness is new every morning. Every morning. I would say every morning. See, we, the problem is, is that we think of God with our human concept. If somebody hurts our feelings, we're not going to talk to them. Right? If you say something mean to me, what's up, man? I'm Anthony, by the way. Nice to meet you. You're Anthony too. Oh, you just said Anthony. I was like, why is he repeating my name? <laughs> I like you. You got a great name. <clears throat> that was awesome. The Holy Ghost sent me here to, for us to just be name buddies. Anthony, if you say something now, I know you wouldn't because you got a great name. But if you say something that hurts my feelings, or if I said something to you today as I was preaching that offended you, you wouldn't come back. Hopefully not. Hopefully you would. But if I said something so egregious, if I said something like heresy, right? If I, if I, if I hurt your feelings, if I said something that would, that would be mean or malicious or rude, we don't want that in the church, amen? 
men. And so I would get up or, or somebody would say something to you that hurt your feelings. You know what you'd say? I ain't going to that church anymore. He's mean. That's rude. It would hurt. It would hurt you. I don't know. Has anybody ever had somebody hurt you, right? You can respond with anger. You can respond with pain or whatever it may be. But the thing is, is that we think of God the way that we think of each other. That we think of ourselves. But I, I don't know about you. Now, Scripture says we got to forgive 70 times 7. But there's only so many times I'm going to put my hand on a hot oven before I stop getting burnt. There's just some people, you love them, but you don't trust them. And get an amen in the house. I love them. I love them with the Lord, and I'll forgive them every time. But I ain't going to tell you anything about my life. Just be real here. Let's be honest. You ain't going to burn me. I'll put my hand on that oven. I've been burnt once. But we think of things and we equate things the way that we think of the way that, that God thinks about us, the way that we think about Him, or we think about ourselves. But Scripture says that His mercies are new every morning. What that's saying is, is that no matter how many times you feel like you may hurt God, or how many times you mess up, or how many times that you make mistakes, you know, we just, oh, I'm just going to back off. I'm not going to mess with that. I, I don't think I want to deal with that anymore. That's a, that, that could really hurt me. But God says, no, I love you. I care about you. My mercies are new every morning. I want to help you. I want to bless you. I want to encourage you. I want to do something in your life. Even if you make a mistake every day, God says, I'm here. I want to help. I want to encourage you. See, we think of God as this. I don't know. How, I don't know why. But we think of God as this mean man in the sky. That just looks down on us and he's upset every time we do this or don't do that or or he's angry with this or because and then and then we feel like somehow that, that that God doesn't love us or God doesn't care about us because we messed up or what we've done or what we've said or the things the mistakes that we've made and what we've got to understand is that God is not this big man the, you know the the referee or the mean guy in the sky saying you shouldn't do that and you shouldn't do this pastor and I we like to go to basketball games and volleyball games and cheer on our girls and get excited for them and I don't really the uh, well Luke's on there I cheer for the boys a little bit but I like the girls a little more don't tell them that yeah we like to yeah those those mean judgy referees and we cheer for them and we support those girls and we support those boys sometimes too here's the thing you got to understand, when one of those girls goes and scores a bucket, or uh, <clears throat> Hannah goes and beats another girl up, and I like that too. When they will go in there and they go and they go and get, get body them up in the in the posts, or they go score a great point. What do we do? Yeah, go, go, go! But if they make a mistake, what do we say? It's okay. Go back again. Try again. You can do it again. That's all right. Good play. Good effort. Good try. You got to understand that God is in heaven looking at us on the sidelines of our lives saying, that's okay. I knew you messed up, but I'm faithful. My mercies are new every morning. You just keep trying. You just keep making efforts. You just keep doing it. You just keep living for me. You just keep coming to church. Good, good, good. Keep going. I can help you. That's good. He wants to support you. 
wants to bless you. God doesn't look at you and want to withhold his blessings from your life because of something you may have done. God wants to bless you every morning. He wants to give you mercy every morning. He wants to give you blessings every morning. He's a good God, for I know the thoughts that I have towards you. Thought of, thoughts of good and not of evil to prosper you. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to be blessed. Because he's faithful. And, and some of the things that you have looked on yourself on, God has forgiven you a long time ago. God forgave you the next morning. And you can't stop thinking about it the next year, or the next month, or the next ten years from now. And God said, my mercy... My mercy is new every morning. See, you're holding, I've come to preach to some people right now that you feel like you've made some mistakes and you're looking back in your past saying, oh, I don't know if I can do that anymore and I don't know I don't know if I can really do something for God because of what I've done when God said I've forgiven you a long time ago. My mercies are new every morning. I'm faithful. If, come on, if he can do it for the preacher down the street, if he can do it for the stranger, he can do it for you. If he forgiven me, he can forgive you. Because he's faithful. He's faithful. His faithfulness is equated here faithfulness. And those verses that I read to you are equated with God's word. God's word speaks never ending truth. I want, I want us to understand that. I know that's a very simple thing. That book that was written all those years ago by all those different writers, but one author. You've come too late to tell me that all those things in that book are just fallacies. If you go back and look, there is a 10 billion to one chance that all of the prophecies of the Old Testament would line up to the, all of the prophecies of the New Testament, of all of the fulfillments of the New Testament. You can't make this stuff up. This word is true and his word is strong and you can still rely on his word 2,000 years later. You can still get nuggets out of that book 2,000 years later. God is still speaking and God is still reaching and God is still pulling for you and his word is true. I told you I wasn't going to preach a fancy message today, but I'm just trying to just be real plain and just lay it out for you. His word is equated. His word is forever settled in heaven. So if God spoke something in Scripture, He means it now. Okay? He is faithful. And here's the thing. God is not only faithful to us. The first thing I want to say today is, is God is faithful to His Word. Because His Word is the expression of His character. His Word is the expression of His character. The promises he made still hold true because he does not change. Malachi 3 and 6 says, For I am the Lord. I change not. you got to understand that God does not change. If he made a promise in the Bible, if he made a promise to his people in the scripture, if my people, which... And I will pour out heaven. I've come to tell somebody today that it does not change. His word does not change. If it was in the scripture, it's for you today. It's for you today. 
I change not. I'm the Lord. I change not. We see this illustrated from a human perspective in a couple that's been married for many years. When the wife lays on her deathbed, her husband sits by, sits nearby holding her hand. He won't leave her, even though she is she no longer recognizes him. And I've seen this play out in my own life when my grandfather stood beside the the um, my aunt who had a blood sugar level over 1,500 that was when they found her. She was literally unresponsive. She had a temperature of 89 degrees. I watched as my grandfather, as she laid in that hospital. She grew up in church. She grew up knowing what she should do. She grew up all those things. She knew the plan. She knew her, her father was a pastor, but she had walked away from God and gotten involved in drugs and alcohol and addiction, and it had pulled her from where she was supposed to be. She knew where she was supposed to be. But I watched as my grandfather sat by her bed and did not leave her bedside for weeks at a time. And you'd see him and he'd be just be sitting in that room beside Becky's bed and he'd be just holding her hand as she laid there unconscious with, with sepsis coming through her system and, and all these diseases coming through her body. And all of a sudden, when I'd walk in that room, all of a sudden I'd just see my grandpa just rocking back and forth saying, Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Because God had promised that he was going to save his children. And God had promised that he was going to touch them. And so he was holding on those promises because his word doesn't change no matter how it looks found her she was unresponsive if you're diabetic you know that's that's an incredibly high number they don't know how she lived they, they can't explain it i watched as that man prayed for her and did not leave her side and all of a sudden one day she woke up Which is a miracle in itself. She woke up. When she woke up, she could go around the room and name everybody in the room. All of a sudden, we started praying, asking God to touch Becky and God to do something in Becky's life. All of a sudden, she lifted her hands in that room. They started singing those old songs that like we sang today. And she started praying, tears streaming down her eyes. And she began to speak in another tongue as God filled her with this precious gift of the Holy Ghost once again. And all of a sudden, she just lifted her hands and she was speaking in tongues. Because it doesn't matter how bad it looks. It doesn't matter how difficult the situation is. If if God made the promise, it's going to come to pass. Just a few days later, she passed away and she went on from this earth, but God woke her up long enough so that she can make things right with him. I can't wait to get to heaven and see my Aunt Becky because he's faithful. Because if he made the promise, he's going to deliver. He's faithful. To the promises that he's made. That same way God remains faithful to his promises. Even though we are often unfaithful to him. God's faithfulness is not predicated on our faithfulness to him. It's not. If 2 Timothy 2 and 13, I'll prove it to you. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. The New Living Translation says it this way. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny who he is. 
Well, you gotta understand, preacher, I messed up. You gotta understand, preacher, you don't understand the things that I've done. You gotta understand, preacher, you don't know where I've been. You don't know what I was doing last night. Let me tell you something, God cannot deny himself. And if God says that he loves us and that he's faithful, he can't go back on his word. Because his word is an expression of who he is. And he is faithful. is is that we trust the character of a person we trust the character of a person I need I need does anybody got any money or debit card or something somebody give me some money don't give me a dollar bill I mean I need like some big stuff I take your debit card how much you got in there is it a lot I'm just kidding (laughs) oh I'll take that for sure amen Here's the thing. You trust me. I don't know if you do, but she does. <laughs> you trust me because you know me. You know I'm not going to take this and go and spend it. And I might. You know I'm not going to take this and go spend this. You know I'm not going to take this and take advantage of you. Because you trust me. You gave it to me. Because you know who I am. I've been coming here for Ten years now, or however long it's been. How long has the anchor been here? Long time. Almost, how long? Almost, almost ten years. I've been coming here for ten years. You guys, you know me. You know I'm not going to do anything to hurt you. You know I wouldn't take this and go get some, I don't know, whatever my kids want, babe. And go buy them something. You know I'm not going to go do that. Because you trust me. You know my character. The thing is, is that the problem comes... I'm not really ready to take that next step with God. Because you don't quite understand how trustworthy he is. And you think if you give him the keys to your life, if you give him your life, that you don't know how it's going to quite turn out. Well, if I give him my life, what's going to come of it? Am I going to get uncomfortable? And what you don't realize is, is God is not here to take what you have. God is here to take what you have. He's ready to take that debit card of your life. He's not here to take from that. He's ready to go to the bank and make a deposit in your name. He's ready to go and say, hear me. I know you've got people in your world that you feel like if you trust them, they're going to take from you. If you go and just try to help somebody, or it's just going to hurt you. It's going to harm you. You've got to stop putting God in the box of relationship that you have with other people that have hurt you. You've got to start being careful to understand that he is faithful and just, and his mercies are new every single morning. And if you'll understand and trust him, because you'll understand if he's faithful, I can trust him. Here you go, Brother Charlie. You can have that. He's faithful to forgive. The problem is, I'm, tra- I'm trying to get these people in, in Pickerington to understand. These people don't have any church background. They don't, I mean, they walk in. I, I, sometimes I tell them, I'm a Pentecostal preacher. I yell, you have to clap when I say some good stuff. Don't I, babe? I say, I'm like, listen, I'm Pentecostal, okay? I know our sign says cross church, but we're Pentecostal in here. You're going to have to clap or something. That's a good point. Thank you. I'm just, 
I'm just trying to get them to understand that, that God's just, he's faithful. Because we equate God to just, we think, we frame God in our relationship with others. And if I can get those, those people that have been in church for six months to understand that you can trust God, God can do anything in their life. And I've come to tell you in this room today, if you'll just learn that I just want to make this step out in faith, maybe it's serving at your church. Maybe it's coming to this altar for the first time and trying to say, God, I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Maybe it's going to pastor and saying, Pastor, I want to take the next step in leadership in this church. What do I need to do? But I've come to tell you today that if you'll just, t- just give God the chance. He's not going to take from your life. He's going to reward your life. If you'll just say, God, I want to get plugged into the church. I want to get plugged into the mission. I want to get plugged into what you want from me, God. He's not going to take from you. Your life is just going to get better. He's going to bless you. Now, I'm just going to be playing with you right now. God wants to take you to another step. Things that aren't healthy don't grow. But things that are healthy grow. God doesn't want you to be stagnant with where you are. I just, man, I I literally cannot explain that I just, I'm preaching a message with really just literally one thought in mind to tell you. That God wants you to, God wants to take you to another level in your life. But as pastor would say, or some of these preachers would get up and say, you'd hear him say, but every level comes a new devil. Hear me. If the devil's not fighting you, it's because he's got you. If you're not struggling, it means the devil's pretty comfortable with where you're at. He doesn't have to worry about it. But if you're struggling, you know what that means? That means the devil knows the potential that you have. And if he can get you to quit now, if he can get you to not make that next step now, he knows that you're not going to reach the potential that you have in God. But I've come to preach to some people in this room right now that said, I'm going to make a declaration. I'm not going back to who I used to be. I'm going to go forward. I'm going to go through with God. I want God to do something in my life greater than he's ever done. I'm not satisfied with the normal. I'm not satisfied with average. I'm not satisfied with regular. Now, this is a good time where I'm preaching something good you might want to help me out a little bit in this room I'm not satisfied with normal I'm not satisfied with regular I'm not satisfied with average I know he's good I know he's faithful and I know I trust him and he's good to us and he has good intentions towards us can I get an amen thank you Sorry, I'm not used to help people helping me preach. It's just a little foreign to me now. I really like this. This is very comfortable for a Pentecostal preacher. God's word is a pattern. I'm, I'm, I got I to gotta hurry. God's word is a pattern. We learn that God never changes and God never lies. Numbers 13. This is not something typically that I would say this. I saw you all have a podcast. Go back and, and write these scriptures down that I'm telling you. Go back and read them. Know that it's not just the preacher telling you, but it's me 
It's, it's the word of God. When you're trying to think about, okay, I, I really want to make that next step towards God. I really want to get involved in serving at the church. I, I really want to get involved in, in whatever it may be. And I know that there may be some things I've got to give up to go where God wants to take me. But hear me, you cannot take baggage with you in your relationship with God. Scripture says, let us lay aside every sin and wait. Not just sin. You've got to lay aside some sin, but you've also got to lay aside some things that have been weighing you down. If I could say it this way, things that are not your fault that you've carried. You didn't. What happened to you, you didn't deserve. What, what were your life circumstances, a lot of you, you didn't deserve the way that you were, what situation you were born into, or what person you were around at the wrong time. You didn't deserve those things, but it is a weight. And it is weighing you down from taking you where God wants to take you. I'm going to get real plain. Some of y'all should be ushers in this room. Some of y'all should be on the worship team. Some of y'all should be helping welcome guests when they come in the room. Some of y'all... Because there's another level that God wants to take you. But it happens when you make up in your mind, I'm going to be faithful to Him. Because it's not just enough to understand that God is faithful to us. We also have to be faithful to Him. Matthew 25 and 21, I read it earlier, but I'm going to read it again. His Lord said unto him, well, watch, done. That means that you had some actions coupled behind your life. Well done, good and watch, faithful servant. For you were faithful over a few things. I will make you a ruler of over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. God's faithfulness was never more astounding than when he delivered us from the very grips of sin and gave us a way to join him in heaven. But the Bible also says that we are supposed to be faithful to God in return. In the parable of the talents, the master tells the servants who were faithful that they will be given even more than what they started with. When you give your life to God, when you give your talent to God, God will return you with more than what you started. You will never come from God empty-handed. And it's not about serving God. I'm not trying to preach a prosperity message. But I'm trying to preach to you a principle that says that if you give your life to Him, your life will always be richer than how you showed up to give it to Him. Hey, I have a question. You ever met anybody that gave their life to God and their life got worse? I mean, think about the church. Honestly. Think about the history of the church. Have you ever met somebody that gave their life completely to God and they're more miserable in the church than they were out of it? What do you have to lose? Because in His presence, there is fullness of joy. Come on, I wish somebody would understand that your life will be full. It'll be complete. It His presence, there's fullness of joy. Think about God like... His chip bag. Anybody like chips? Other than me. You know what this bag is? It's about 70% air, 30% chips. It is. They make the bags bigger and the chips less. 
You pop it up in him. That's a disappointment. But in his presence, there's fullness of joy. See, what we're used to is a chip bag relationship with people. Oh, that looks so good, but when you really get nailed, da- nailed down into it, it's worse than what you ever could have imagined. See, you've got to understand, it's the opposite with God. I hope you all never look at a chip bag the same ever again. That when you see God, a relationship with God, it's the opposite. It might not look like it's all that great. Maybe, maybe you may not, not necessarily that it might not look like it's all that great, but you might not be able to make sense of it. You might not be able to figure out what is in that bag. What, I, I, I don't know. I, scripture says that they were confused when they heard people speaking in tongues. My wife thought we were a bunch of crazy people when she showed up. Now she is one. Because it looks one way, but really it's disappointing. But the thing with a relationship with God is I know we might look like a bunch of crazy people, but I'm telling you right now, there is no completeness like the completeness of living for God. There is no joy like truly selling out and giving your life completely, 100% and totally to Him. There is no joy like the joy that Jesus gives. There is no peace like the peace that Jesus gives. And it all comes from His faithfulness. Faithfulness. Faithfulness is a two-way street. I come with all sorts of props. Clearly, I'm a church planner. Went to Dollar General today, Pastor. I got this for $6.99 this morning. And they had a security tag on it. <laughs> That's right. And I thought, wow. Things are really difficult in South Thanesville, Dollar General. Goodness gracious, six ninety nine shirt, security tag. I thought I was in shopping in Louis Vuitton or something. <laughs> oh Lord, help me, Lord. Chase too many rabbit trails here. I need your help, Luke. You want to help me, buddy? Can I borrow you? Come on up. He's clearly very excited about this. Let's give him a hand. What's your name, buddy? Weston. Nice to meet you, buddy. How many love Weston? He's a great guy. Seems like a cool dude. Take it off. Show off those guns. I don't know if there's any prospective ladies here, but <laughs> put this shirt on. See, here's the thing. You're putting that on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read a verse to you here. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. You can stay up here, Weston. Hang up, come up here. But the fruit of the spirit is love. Joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is, there is no law. You see, you've got to understand that when you follow Jesus, things will start to show. But you've got to stay with Him. Scripture says that Jesus goes to a young man. You can go up there with Him, Weston. It's all right. You can stand right beside Him. Thank you. Jesus comes to a young man that's fishing. And he says, follow me. And he says, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. What does Jesus say back to him? Let the dead bury their dead. What he's saying there is, and he's not being calloused or cruel. What he's, under, what he's trying to do is give you the principle that says, let the past stay in the past. You've got to follow me. Amen. I've got destiny on your life. Man, I, can't, I, I, I literally cannot explain what I'm feeling right now. 
You've got destiny on your life. You've got anointing on your life. You've got spiritual power that you could never imagine. Some of you need to be preaching here in a few months or a few years. Some of you, God wants to do some great things in your life. God has ministry on your life. God has anointing and calling in your life. But if you'll just understand, I've got to be faithful to him in the little things. So if it's still go, I'll go. Now, I know this isn't the best example. You should have been God, but I'm going to make Luke God. I'm sorry. You seem like a much more innocent. All right, I want you to take this arm out of here. You've got to understand. This is us, and this is God. We have to understand that Scripture says... I will never leave you nor forsake you. Scripture says that he is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Come here. Help me out. It's the best six ninety nine example I've ever given. I hope somebody gets a picture of this. Watch. Now walk around, Luke. See, we got to understand that his, his mercies are new every morning. And he's faithful. If they're new every morning, that means he's got to be with us every morning. You see, we got to understand that if he's a friend that sticketh closer to a brother, that means that no matter where I go, God goes with me. That means that no matter the mistakes that I make, God goes with me. That means that no matter what I do that isn't pleasing to him, God still goes with me. He's not leaving me. He's not moving from me. No matter where I walk, no matter where I go, he's reaching for you. And I've come to preach to some people in this room today that you've never seen God like this before. And I've come to tell you, he's walking with you. He's beside you. He's for you. He's with you every day. Come on, would you stand to your feet and clap your hands right now and thank him for his faithfulness. Come on, would you clap your hands and just give the Lord some praise in this house. Faithfulness to God does not mean that we're going to be perfect. It does not mean that we won't struggle or that we won't make poor decisions. It does mean that when we continue to trust in God and follow Him and try our best to follow His, His commandments, even though life can be difficult. If any man is in born in Christ, he is a new creature. Amen. As you're baptized, you become a new creature. Scripture says we're baptized into Christ. What that's saying is that we are literally molding together. Scripture says it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And when you're baptized in Jesus' name, when you receive that precious gift of the Holy Ghost, it's not 
listen, the Holy Ghost is not some crazy thing that, that, that they make fun of in Hollywood. But the Holy Ghost, when God speaks through us and fills us with his spirit, it's God proving to us that he lives inside of us. You don't have to wonder if it took. You don't have to wonder if he heard your prayer. Because when you speak in another tongue, it's God's proof that he is living and residing in you. And he has filled you with the gift of the spirit. You don't ever have to wonder after you've spoken in tongues. God has filled you with your spirit. For some of you, the next step is receiving the Holy Ghost. For some of you, the next step is being baptized in Jesus' name. And for some of you, the next step is saying, I'm going to make a lifestyle change. See, what happens is, is we go on dates with God every Sunday and Thursday and men's prayer breakfasts. And we like what we feel, but are we living it? We got entertainment rooms and playrooms, but do we have a, maybe have a prayer room? Do we have a relationship with God? God doesn't want to go on just dates with us on Sundays. But he wants to live with us every day. He wants to communicate with you every day. And he's with you every day. But you got to make sure that I want to be faithful right back. Pastor, I don't know how to say this other than, you know, I don't say stuff like this typically, but there's preachers in this room that are not preaching. But it's going to start. And you feel it. You feel the call God has placed on your life. I didn't ask 15 people to preach just because I wanted to come and hang out with your pastor. I love them. I love their family. But I felt like I was on a mission from God today to take you to another step. And there might not be 15 people to get the Holy Ghost today, but I believe there's going to be some people in this room today that you want to make another step towards God that you haven't made before. You want to make a commitment. God, I'm going to lay some things down. Or God, I'm going to pick some things up that I need to pick up. God, I want to go further with you than I've ever been before. God, I want to reach to you. And his arm is not so short that it cannot reach to exactly where you are. You might be in the meldrums. You might be in the difficult situations. But God's arm is still reaching for you. And there's ministry in you. There's anointing in you. You. There's precious power. There's, there's there's the touch of the Holy Ghost that's in you. But if you'll just understand today that this preacher isn't here to just tickle your ear and make you laugh a little bit. But I'm here today to, to beg you, reach out to him. Make that step towards him. If you'll just learn to trust him and understand that he'll deposit things into your life. He's going to make your life richer than when you showed up. Would everybody in this room right now lift your hands. The presence of the Lord is in this room. Come on, that's it. I want you just to take a moment and close your eyes. Don't look around at anybody else. And I want you just to begin to pray and talk to him like he's your best friend. Some of you prayer warriors that know how to intercede, I want you to just go ahead and just touch heaven for these folks right now. Eternity hangs in the balance in this room right now. God has destiny on your life. God has an anointing on your life. He has power on your life. Some of you are supposed to be worship leaders in this church. Some of you are supposed to be preachers in this church. And God's just waiting to take you to the next step. Come on, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Come on, if you want God to take you to another place with him, maybe you want to be baptized. Maybe you want to be filled with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
Maybe you want God to change your life. Maybe you want to take the next step with him. Maybe you want to accept a calling that God has placed on your life. Would you come to this front altar right now and come pray with us? This front altar, is, this room is open. Would you come and pray with us right now? Come on, this altar is open if you'd like to come and pray. Thank you, Lord. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Connie's reaching for you right now. He wants to take you to another place with him right now. You hear me? I'm not going to scream or hype you up right now. That's not what I'm here to do right now. But I want this. I want you to hear me for one moment. I don't typically really hammer trying to come to the front. Say, hey, if you feel comfortable, pray back there. But I want you to hear me. I want this to be a decision point right now. Some of you heard me say it, but I want to make sure that you hear me. If you want to take, I want every head bowed and every eye closed right now. If you feel like God wants to, that you need to take another step with God, whatever that means for you individually, if you want to take that next step, I want you to raise your hand. Look at that. Come on, there's destiny in this church. It's okay, you can go ahead and put your hands down. Here's what we're going to do. Mr. Kalen, Ashton's going to play, we're going to sing. I'm not going to hype you up right now. I'm not going to scream. I don't want to do that right now. What I want to do is there is a deep call of the presence of the Lord that's pulling. And I feel like the Lord is pulling to take you somewhere. And a lot of times what God does in scripture is there is an act in the physical that require, or that elicits a response in the physical. God tells the man to go and dip in the water seven times. He has to go and make a physical act for the supernatural to be released in his life. So what I'm coming to tell you is, is this. If you'll make a step towards this front and this altar, come to this altar, lift your hands, and just make a commitment, completely sell out to him and say, God, I want to forget about everything. I want to forget about my friends that are with me, my family that's with me. I want to make a commitment to you. And I believe that when you make a step out in the physical, God is going to release things in the spiritual in your life and you're going to walk out of here empowered to make some of the changes that you've been wanting to make for a long time. So one more time, I want you to lift your hands and if you want to make that step towards God, some of you that lifted your hands, I want to just open this altar right now for you to come. Would you please come and say, God, I want to make that next step. God, I want to make that next step for you, Jesus. Come on, that's beautiful. There it is. Come on, the Lord is going to take you to another place with him. Go ahead and sing. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. The Lord is calling you. That's it, that's it, that's it. Let the Lord take you somewhere. Ah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, I agree. My Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.